Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Friday, December 17th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell us just a little bit about what your column is this week. Well, this, oh my goodness, uh, the one that's out on the stands right now or uh, on the internet right now is my... uh, uh, Jussie Smollett takedown, and I rip MAGA. <laughs> D, it was ba- basically I'm begging MAGA to be outraged by what I write and then promote it. All right, helping this show. I'm looking out for us, D. Thank every you. step of the way. Thank okay? goodness. Thank goodness. And uh, so, so what I did was I had some fun with this one, D. I, I was waiting. How long would it take? for MAGA to use the Justice Smollett verdict uh, to con- concoct some email fundraising appeal uh, to soak the suckers and saps who fund MAGA. And yep, it took about, I don't know, a day. And then I was wondering, what would they say in it? <laughs> and he, it's just like, they just use it to like critical race theory is coming your way. I'm like, what, what does one have to do with the other? Uh, so um, I had some fun at MAGA's expense. And then I said in the in the column, I go, you know, and I was openly rooting for uh, Justice Smollett to be acquitted. That's outrageous, far more outrageous than Don Lemon. So stop using Don Lemon to try to shake down solicitations from uh, your cult followers. Use me. But, D, I just don't <laughs> think I got the, the juice of Don Lemon, man. That's the problem. You need that lemon juice. Oh, oh, oh boy, I tell you what, MAGA. This guy's got you. Come on, MAGA. You laugh at that one. Right now, D, there's some MAGA guy downstate going, <laughs> I like Dr. D, but the hippie guy. I don't know. <laughs> hey, so go check that out. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Before you go any further, I just want to give a uh, no jokes about this. Uh, and I think, MAGA, you will join me in this one. Dear friend of this show, Vincent E. Normant. Uh, the uh, the owner of the Marijuana Hall of Fame. He comes on the show all the time, talk reefer. And we also talk a lot of sports, huge sports fan. The pride and joy of Englewood uh, is in the hospital. He's, um, he's got a bad case of COVID, D. So a lot of love, a lot of good vibrations, and a lot of prayers for our good friend, Vincent E. Norman. And uh, Vincent, I hope you uh, pull out of this. I know you will. And we'll have you back in the show talking about the Bears, the Bulls, reefer, we had some great uh, conversations about uh, George Floyd last year. If you recall, folks, we did uh, a lot of soul searching uh, on that issue. And um, so, Vincent, you know, I love you, baby. Come on. Stay strong. I just had to say that. D. And the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Friday, December 17th. And this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh What a Week, Kenny G's Millions, 
and let's go gambling. And now your host, seriously, dude, let's go gambling. <laughs> Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling No Shia No Friday, and here's why. Shia Kapos, who's quickly become perhaps our favorite columnist. Let's face it, D. If it wasn't well, for Shia Kapos or daily update of political, what would we do? Well, I'm a little upset. You made an edit. You made an editor's uh, decision there. Uh, I thought we were calling it Sia Shia Friday. <laughs> uh, Shia Kapos, outstanding reporter. We love Shia Kapos on this show uh, every day. I read Shia. It's like the first thing I read. I'm usually in bed, getting up ungodly hour of 9 30 or whatever and uh so she has that uh daily uh, wrap up all the political goings on i'm like oh man who needs any i mean like sorry sometimes sorry trip i got shia uh but i also read you too don't get sad sometimes in tribune i read you guys as well uh but uh, anyway she announced that she's taking two weeks off d you know she go i know she's basically saying hey i need a vacation all right now leave me alone what are we going to do? She says she's going to sleep in a little bit, which is kind of funny because that's kind of what we do on this show all the time anyway. But seriously, uh, though, it's cool because she like she'll give summaries of everything. And, you know, sometimes that pesky paywall will happen. So it's really nice that, uh, you know, she'll give a summary of kind of everything. So, yeah. No, the pesky paywall. I'm, I'm the, pe- the paywalls are really weird. I'm just telling you this tribute and sometimes I'm paying for you guys. OK, I'm holding up the found. I'm the foundation. I'm the infrastructure upon which your rickety empires are built. It's me paying for it. Home delivery, the premium price. So you would think you guys would drop the paywall when I send a link from one of your articles to Dennis. But no, it's like Matumbo. Get that week. I feel like there's always been a secret, too, that uh, a lot of boomers don't know about. If you look hard enough and like copy and paste the headline, you can find the article for free. Like that is, wow, Millennial Secrets for Boomer. That's a podcast. Millennial Secrets for Boomer. <laughs> Have you heard about Venmo? <laughs> Man, what a ripoff Venmo is, Millennials. I'm sorry. Venmo is the big, they hold your money for four days. They don't tell you that. What's, why got- is Venmo any better than a check? Please explain that to me, millennials and Z's. I see you out there, Z's, with your little Venmo. Well, you can get it. You can get it instantly if you pay a little more. Oh, there we go. What a what a scam! If I send you a check, this is something else I learned from millennials, Dean. The level of my ignorance about how the world works is astounding. How do I get up in the morning? But you could send someone a, a check and it doesn't have to just be a millennial and they could do some kind of like weird thing where they point the check at their phone and the phone goes and it gets directly deposited. Right. That's awesome. In your bank. That's awesome. Yeah. Venmo takes four days, folks. They're holding your money so they can make interest on it. And all you millennials out there are going, I love Venmo. Yeah, you're right about that paywall. Mick Dumkey was the one who taught me about that paywall. Uh, he was like, here's what you do, Ben. You take the headline. <laughs> yeah. and you-, <laughs> you basically have to turn into Mick Dumkey to find <laughs> the, the article for free. But you know what? Cranes isn't playing. They figured that scam out. Now That headline thing doesn't work for Cranes. Oh, I know. You they're good. The headline in. Come back. I want to read Greg Hines, my old poker pile. <laughs> right? You know, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And, uh, you know, see what, uh, what, you know, he's putting out there. He loves tiffs, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, but that, you know, it's like Matumbo, and I'm not paying for cranes. 
No. Sorry, Cranes. I'm already supporting the Tribune, the Sun-Times. Enough's enough already, okay? So anyway, Shia Capos, uh, we love your work tremendously. We appreciate it. You, and I, As far as we're concerned, you earned the right to take these two weeks off. Enjoy your time, and we are not going to bother you. We're just going to go to other sources to find all the good news about Illinois and Chicago politicians. Hey, how's it going? My name's Dennis. You didn't give me the intro, man. What, uh, what am I supposed to say? And now, live from Alton, Illinois, Dr. D, and the D stands for DeMarvelous. There you go. That's what I was waiting for, that DeMarvelous thing you do now. I know. Don't you love it? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, how's it going? My name is Dennis. Let's talk about what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois, and yes, we begin with the Illinois governor. Tons of J.B. Pritzker news to unpack here. Uh, First off, last Friday night, six people were killed after a tornado destroyed part of an Amazon distribution center in Edwardsville, Illinois. Now, questions over worker safety at Amazon are intensifying. Warehouse Workers for Justice has called for a hearing in the Illinois state legislature examining what led to the deaths at Amazon's warehouse. Governor Pritzker is also on the job. On Monday, he said his office will be reviewing what happened at the Amazon warehouse in Edwardsville and says a look at possible building code updates is warranted. Yeah, this is outrageous. And we got to seriously think, ladies and gentlemen, my humble opinion about the state of capitalism in this country. I know, I realize this, that we are a capitalist country. And I know that I don't know, 60, 70 percent of America, I don't know what percentage it is, worship capitalists. They worship the wealthiest people. And that's why guys like Kenny G, Ken Griffin can get away with uh, campaigns that denounce a fair tax and a tax on the wealthy. And that's why Elon Musk can get away with making fun of Bernie Sanders and tweets and all of people like MAGA is cheering them because we worship capitalism. I understand that. And as such, MAGA, for instance, is not quite sure where to go with Jeff Bezos. On the one hand, he owns the Washington Post and they hate the Washington Post. On the other hand, he's rich and they love wealth. And it's not just MAGA. I mean, MAGA really has this bad their worship of wealth that they like adore Donald Trump because they think he's rich. But it's like a lot of people in this country. You know, I've reading, been reading the, the John Thompson uh, autobiography. Again, thank you, Frank. It's a great book. I urge everybody to read it in many levels. If maybe it's, you know, you're not a sports fan, but he gets into a lot of issues about race. But there's this one moment in, in the book where he's just talking about how he, he, Michael Jordan and Spike Lee were in a hotel room uh, in, I forget where the hotel was, but this is like in the 1990s, early 90s. And there, Jesse Jackson's in the room. And Jesse Jackson's trying to, um, ignite a uh, boycott of Nike because Nike is not doing enough in his humble opinion for American workers in the black community, et cetera, and so forth. And here it was Michael Jordan, Spike Lee uh, and John Thompson were arguing with Jesse Jackson on behalf of Nike. I'm like, wow, it's so deep. The love our company, our country has for capitalism. So here we are at Amazon. They won't let the people, you can't have a cell phone while you're working. It's what just going to detract from filling orders, stay at your work area, you know, while this tornado's coming in. I mean, I don't know, folks. I'm just saying, I know you guys love capitalism. I understand it. You worship it much the way I worship my beloved Chicago Bulls. 
But like, I, you might want to reconsider it when you're like locking people to their work areas while a tornado is coming because you want to make a little extra money. I just, I'm asking you, America, just reconsider it a little bit. And you know in your heart of hearts that Bernie's right. You know, America, that Bernie was right. You know he was? $27. $27. I forget what that was all about. Was that the minimum wage? When he said that, oh no, that's that's, uh, that's uh, if if everyone were to donate twenty seven dollars. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dennis has been doing twenty seven dollars uh, since two thousand and sixteen. <laughs> I always laugh at it, and I've long since forgot what it was. But you know what, Bernie was right. Dennis knows Bernie was right. We all know Bernie was right. Elon Musk, I put out a little tweet, and Mag is like, <laughs> "That's telling Bernie." Hey, guys, the laugh's on you. The joke's on you. Don't get me started. Yeah, so I hope there is an investigation in what went down uh, with that Amazon warehouse. But if it's like a Chicago investigation, it's more like lift up rug, sweep on dust, drop rug on dust. Here's more from the governor. My administration is committed to standing with Edwardsville and all of the surrounding communities affected in every aspect of the immediate recovery, as well as on the road to rebuilding. To those who experienced home damage, we will pursue all available resources to help you recover. I just, there's something uh, empathetic about uh, Governor Pritzker's voice. It's always reassuring to me in some way. I know I'm alone in this one. Not many. Well, not completely. At least in Cook County, I'm not alone. But downstate, D, here he is. Uh, he says he's going to do uh, things for folks who've been hit hard by the tornado. Do you think that's going to convince some of the people uh, in your neck of the woods to take down the Pritzker suck signs? Oh, no, no. I uh, I read somewhere. Where was it? Uh, I think it may have been the Washington Post, speaking of Jeff uh, Bezos, that folks in Kentucky were reconsidering their hatred for Joe Biden. Uh, due to the fact that he showed up and was empathetic to them uh, in the aftermath of the tornadoes that just like ripped through Kentucky. I mean, big time. So I don't know, maybe folks downstate will have a similar, you know, reconsideration of a J.B. Pritzker. By the way, D, uh, I know this is to- total a tangent, has nothing to do with anything. Something else I learned from Shia Kapos today. Uh-oh. J.B. Pritzker does not put in uh, periods between the J and the B and after the B. I did not know you that. You just stole my next breaking news story. Oh, my God. That's why we should. <laughs> hey, Damn it. Pre show planning. Let's just, hey, D, just edit that out. No one will know. Edit it out. It's gone. Now, if you're like me when you read this story, you thought, wait, hold up. A tornado in December? And while that does seem rather odd, Illinois state climatologist Trent Ford says they're not that rare. There's not a tornado season in Illinois. And when we do get tornadoes in the, in December, as well as, you know, January, February, November as well, they can actually be uh, disproportionately impactful as far as fatalities and injuries. Anything else that you would like to say, Mr. Trent Ford? But also, most commonly, tornadoes in Illinois occur between about 4 and 9 p.m. And that timetable in June is generally lighter outside. So folks can see the severe weather. They can see the tornadoes. And in uh, December, it's it's darker. And, of course, now it gets dark at close to 4 p.m. This is another uh, reason why we should ditch the daylight savings time. Usually I'm the last to know about weather because I don't follow it. But between various people in my life that are really up, my mom, may she rest in peace, was really into the weather. And so she would call me like, Benny, there's like a thunderstorm coming. <laughs> it's like she'd seen it on the news, you know, 
there's a what am I? I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but there's a thunderstorm coming. So she kept me up on it. But I got other people in my life that are there's there's a tornado coming. So kind of the word is already out there a little bit about that one day. But if you're in an Amazon warehouse, they don't let you have your phone. And they just got you working and you can't hear the siren. Maybe it's a little hard. It doesn't matter if it's daylight savings time. Trent Ford or it doesn't matter if it's June or December. They got you locked at your desk. You can't see the tornado coming. So the issue of whether it's dark or light is not at play. Could you imagine if Trent Ford suddenly got political? Oh, my God. It's like Trent Ford turned into like a Bernie Sanders type guy. What do you think? He loves Bernie. Uh, (laughs) We do not know that Trent Ford. (laughs) I'm sure he's trying to walk up. You know, the weathermen, they don't like to like get too political. Like it was really a a tough thing when the weathermen, they all know that climate change is real, but they it's like, well, if you go too far, telling the truth to the American people, half the American people are going to get really mad at you. You're right. You're right. He loves Amy Klobuchar. I was just kidding. (laughs) Dennis goes back to 2019 to pluck a name that was much talked about at the bedroom. I can't recall the, your memory's better than mine. Uh, You've, uh, consume less reefer than me over the years who of our guests liked amy klobuchar did any of them i just can't remember no i just remember bill maher liking her and that's about it people uh oh, come bill on, maher's people. never been a guest ben drofsky show so uh, i'm just trying to remember if any of our i don't think did she ever crack my top five i can't remember uh, that either. who knows about that squirrely thing <laughs> Every day it was like new, like, oh, geez. Andrew Yang, remember? He was yeah. always, you know, I kind of like him. D doesn't wear a tie. By the way, day doesn't pass. I get a uh, text from uh, Frank telling me some horror, horror story about Eric Adams in New York. Uh, speaking of politicians, you know, I like him. Whenever I do it, you know, I like him. Oh, look out. It's going to be embarrassing once the guy gets elected. <laughs> Watch me run to that. I never said that. I did. I did kind of like uh, uh, Eric. I got to admit, Eric Adams, I did kind of like him when he was first coming up with some of the stuff he's doing. Wow. Anyway, on to Tuesday, the governor signed a new bill into law as Illinois moves closer to allowing midwifery, the art or act of assisting at childbirth to be a licensed profession. JB, what does this all include? That includes the services of traditional midwives whose guidance before and during delivery, as well as for vital postpartum care, can be life-saving. It's all the more notable in light of our nation's tragically high maternal mortality rates, especially among black and brown mothers. Okay, how, MAGA, can you be against that? How can you be against that one? Come on, downstaters with your Pritzker suck signs and those Chicagoans. And thanks to Linda, not Billy Paul, we know there's a few of you. Ace investigative reporter for the Ben Jarofsky show, Linda Paul. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, took, took up Dennis's challenge last week and uh, spotted a Pritzker suck sign somewhere on the northwest side of Chicago near Montrose. And it dutifully sent it to me. So we now know that the Pritzker sucks movement is in Chicago as well. It's sort of like COVID updates. We now have a case detected on the northwest side of Chicago. We're bringing it live to Linda Paul. I'm standing on the corner of Montrose and Pulaski. <laughs> Get a little carried away there. With, like, I don't even know if it was in Montrose and Pulaski. But uh, anyway, so how can you be against a bill that uh, enables midwives to be licensed? It would be, you know what? It's like an alternative. And this is so funny about MAGA. They're all over the map. 
for some reason, they've convinced themselves that the vaccine is to be shunned and they want all alternative forms of treating COVID or preventing you from getting COVID. And they've all turned into like these alternative healthcare experts. They're following, listening to Joe Rogan very dutifully as he talks about all the different options out there. It's crazy. It's (laughs) Sorry. That is actually a pretty good Joe Rogan imitation. And yet, for some reason, like, I don't know, midwives, that's hippie-ish to them. It's kind of weird. Like, some things are like macho alternative medicine, you know? And some things are hippies, midwives, shut and go to the hospital. So I'm just saying, come on, MAGA, be consistent. If you're going to go alternative when it comes to medicine for COVID, pat JB on the back, it must take down the Pritzker suck sign because you're doing the right thing with midwives. Just saying, D. We extend that challenge to everyone listening. The Pritzker sucks sign challenge. If you live in the city of Chicago, head out as far as you can until you see a Pritzker sucks sign. What city will it be in? What town is it in? Take a picture and send it to the Ben Jarofsky show at Benny J show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show. Uh, You can send us an email, Benny J show at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. If you live outside the city of Chicago, well, it's an easy game for you. All right. Now on to Wednesday. Sad news. J.B. Pritzker is planning to sell the James R. Thompson Center in Chicago. Yeah, Apparently he has a buyer. It's the prime group. Governor, how much will this group be paying for the Thompson Center? The Prime Group will be purchasing the Thompson Center for $70 million up front. And just as importantly, this sale alleviates taxpayers of over half a billion dollars in necessary deferred maintenance costs on this building. And what do these owners plan to do? The new majority owners intend to develop the rest of this space into a state-of-the-art mixed-use building, including executive offices, conferencing center and auditorium spaces, retail and hotel space. Uh, I don't think that's uh, sad news. I think the preservationists are rejoicing. Danny P is doing a backflip right now. Uh, And uh, the alternative was to tear it down and build some ugly behemoth. So, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, generally, I'm with the preservationist, D. You know, I, I have a confession to make. I don't uh, really know much about architecture. Uh, back in the 90s, in the O's, Mayor Daly, uh, <laughs> there were all these preservationist fights to save landmarks in Chicago. Uh, and there was a really, the, the really uh, hard-working, hard-charging uh, uh, preservationists who were unafraid to take on the mayor. And my attitude, D, was anybody in the city of Chicago that shows a backbone and is unafraid to stand up to Mayor Richard M. Daley. And there were very few people like that in the city of Chicago in the 90s and the O's. Anybody who shows a little guts, shows a little life, a little independent thought, I'm with with you more often than not. I mean, I'm not going to stand with some like extreme right wingers, although most of the extreme right wingers back in those days loved Mayor Daley. Everybody loved Mayor Daley, except for me and a few other people. And so, uh, no, it's funny to listen to people do you talk about them. Well, I was against him. Oh, really? <laughs> Where were you when we needed you? Well, I was kind of behind the scenes. Uh, but uh, anyway, the preservationists, I, I support him. I'm with you 100%. Let's fight to save this church. Let's fight to save this old building. Uh, I'm with you, man. 
Joe, I did a lot of you. If you go look in the archives, the an astounding amount of preservation stories from a guy who knows nothing about architecture. Well, it doesn't stop a lot of people. You think everybody goes on Chicago night tonight knows what they're talking about, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> you think that? You think that? Well, I heard them. They sound so knowledgeable, Ben. They, <laughs> it's like cramming for a test, ladies and gentlemen. Just exposing that secret. So, yes, D, even though I was not the world's most knowledgeable student of architecture, no Blair came in was I. I stood with the preservationists. So I'm happy to hear uh, that they're not going to tear down the Thompson building. And they're probably going to put it, they're putting it back on the pay, uh, tax rolls. So be more property tax dollars for the city of Chicago, my beloved city of Chicago. Maybe uh, Dennis and I will get a break and not have to pay so much. Well, that's what, I guess I'm just a little upset because I was just hoping to hear something like, I don't know, uh, the Thompson Center will be the new home of the Ben Jarofsky Show studio. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Say enough nice things about J.B. Pritzker. <laughs> but Ben, that also may not be all the governor is looking to bid off. Because while, yes, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is running for re-election to keep his gig as governor, rumors are being spread that Pritzker may be selling the farm. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. President Pritzker, JB 2024. Shout out to Shia Kapos in a story by The New York Times about what Plan B might be for President Joe Biden if he does not run. Someone came up in the conversation. J.B. Brisker! <laughs> oh, make some noise! Sit <laughs> up! Okay. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Whoa. See, some people like J.B., I bet that guy doesn't have a Pritzker sucks sign on his front lawn. And hey, if the New York Times is saying it, it must all be true. According to the Times report, it says while allies say that Mr. Pritzker has expressed no specific intention to run for president in 2024, if Joe Biden bows out, he has talked privately about his interest in seeking the White House at some point should the opportunity arise. According to the Times, Pritzker's advisors tried tampering down the possibility of a presidential run by saying, hey, shut up, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Emily Bittner, Pritzker's spokeswoman, actually said, Governor Pritzker is focused on addressing the challenges facing the people of Illinois and is not spending any time on D.C.'s favorite parlor game. Who will run for president next? She said the governor wholeheartedly supports Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and expected them to be reelected. Still, a person close to the governor's campaign called the New York Times story a reach. Ben Jarofsky, in your opinion, how many times since this article has come out has J.B. Pritzker looked in the mirror and asked himself, why, hello, Mr. President? <laughs> Every day. OK, like I look in the mirror and I go. Well, hello, Mr. Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's crazy. Every day, D. Who's the guy, Joe Rogan's uh, producer? What's his name? Jamie. Jamie. Every day, Dr. D looks in the mirror and goes, hello, good-looking Jamie. I see you. I do not do that. <laughs> Come on, we all dream. We all have aspirations. I love it. And then they, you know, my favorite part of Eddie's story was a person close to Pritzker. Who is that person? What they're saying nothing of significance. They said it's a reach. That's it. You're protecting their identity. 
folks, this is like a one small example of how, like, just the dumbing down of America. We're going to have an inside source. And this is off the record. <laughs> they just like, it's like they, they okay, this is going to be off the record, or this is not going to be for attribution, so what's going to come is really important. So let's wait and see, and it's a reach. So when you put the person, would not the someone close to the Pritzker administration, that's like readers and listeners are like, oh, well, this must be the truth. Because if they're not going to let their name be used, then they'll tell the truth. But if they let their name be used, they'll lie. That's the message you're sending, political operatives of both parties. That's a D. I'm like, of course he wants to be president. Duh. And that thing about the parlor game? Come on now. Emily, you know. You know it. You guys spend a lot of time gossiping about politics. <laughs> it's like, no, we're completely focused on helping the good citizens of Illinois, and we're not in any way thinking about politics. Uh-huh. Sure. Right. And we wonder why. What's, the, what's, the, what's a good turnout in Chicago? 35%. 65% of the people don't believe a thing you're going to tell them anyway because all you do is feed them manure. Open mouth. So, yes, D. Come on. No more uh, source close to the prescription. Come on, New York Times. You're better than that. Put the person's name in there. <laughs> Especially if they're going to say nothing. It's a reach. Whoa. Oh, my God. That's really taking a, going out on a limb. Are you sure you want to go there? Good. Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. I'm feeling it. Well, it's better than Donald Trump's windmill noise. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Joe Biden. <laughs> Talk to your kids. Oh, no kidding. Breathe. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. That has a great ring to it. Uh, 1922. <laughs> All right. Now back to the campaign that J.B. Pritzker is currently running, you know, in real life. And you don't have to become some weather genius like Trent Ford to see that things are certainly heating up in the 2022 Illinois gubernatorial election. It's time for a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. All right, we have quite a few updates. First up, now if you haven't noticed, for the last few weeks, I've been trying to get our host Ben Jarofsky warmed up to one particular Illinois Republican gubernatorial candidate. They call him Sully. And no, we're not talking about that guy who safely flew that plane into a river one time. That's Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger. We're talking about gubernatorial candidate Jesse Sullivan. Now, Ben, what if I were to tell you that you have something in common with Jesse Sullivan? I would not believe that. Well, you do. Just like you, Ben, Jesse Sullivan has an Obama problem. Now, for those who are unaware, Ben Jarofsky's Obama problem <laughs> is that he's starting to sound like Barack Obama as he's hosting the show. You brought it up earlier this week, right? I, I do have an Obama. And I, and I was doing it yesterday, and I wasn't even in the show. I was, I was out to dinner <laughs> with, with my wife and one of my daughters and a friend. And all of a sudden, I started talking like this. I go, where is this coming from? Uh... My name is Dr. D. I live in Alton, and I'm DeMarvelous. I can't help myself, D. Just, I think it's Alexi. 
Oh God, I gotta say his last name. And Eric Zorn's gonna oh. give me grief. You've screwed it up again. Damn it. Giannoulis, right? Or is it Giannoulis? I'm lost now. I don't know. I thought we were saying it right last week at Giannoulis, but apparently hey. I think it's Giannoulis. You know what? You know what name I've never mispronounced? What? Eric Zorn. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> it could be Zorne. Did you ever think of that? Eight letters. So that's Ben's Obama problem that he's sounding a, a lot like Barack Obama when he's hosting the show. Now, Sully's problem, it's a little different. Now, Ben, what if I were to tell you that you have two things in common with Jesse Sullivan? I would. I couldn't believe I had one thing in common with him. Now I have two things. You have two things in common with Jesse Sullivan, because also like Ben Jarofsky, Jesse Sullivan apparently voted for Barack Obama. Shout out to Shia Kapos once again in Illinois Politico, once again for doing the dirty work on this here. Republican gubernatorial candidate Jesse Sullivan has carefully maneuvered around questions regarding the extent of his support for former President Barack Obama. In the One World magazine that Sullivan founded, while a student at St. Louis University in the 2000s, Sullivan acknowledged supporting Barack Obama. The magazine's call to action box encourages readers to support the Global Poverty Act introduced by then-Senator Barack Obama. And there's a note. It reads, One World does not endorse a specific presidential candidate. And in parentheses, it reads, Although Jesse Sullivan does. Now, Politico made sure to point out that this doesn't mean Sullivan voted for Obama. And good on them. Now, we're going to make sure to point out that this means, of course, he voted for Barack Obama. In many respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. Now, we have a quote from Jesse Sullivan. It's a spokesperson. And Ben, I believe this is the first time we have heard uh, from this spokesperson. And, you know, we read so many quotes from these people, these spokespeople. I think it's time we do a brand new segment. What do you say? I'm really glad we did so much pre-show prep on this. <laughs> so let's do it. I can't wait to hear what it is. All right. It's time for a brand new segment here on The Ben Jarofsky Show, one where our host channels his inner Simon Cowell, and he gives us his honest critique of a political spokesperson's performance. Now, I literally came up with this about an hour and a half ago. So it's a working project, all right? But I have, like, the sound effect here, and I got a little song I think we can play. Ben, help me out. Uh, what would be a good name for something like this be? Uh, American Non-Idol? Okay, that's... No, okay. <laughs> Luckily, I came up with some kind of a name, all right? It is now time for the Ben Jarofsky Show's PR Superstar. Who is the next PR superstar? Time for our PR superstar. Hey, Let's, on, is that a banjo? Huh? Is that the music that you got in the back? I have, no clue. I have no clue what that is. <laughs> it sounds good. All right. Today's PR superstar getting an honest critique from our host, Ben Jarofsky. Jesse Sullivan spokesman, Noah Scheinbaum. Noah Scheinbaum handled Jesse Sullivan's Obama problem this week. Once again, that problem being that Jesse Sullivan supported and possibly, but more than likely, voted for Barack Obama. Scheinbaum said Jesse Sullivan didn't grow up in a political household. He knew more about the Chicago Bears than he did about any politician. Sports reference. Great distraction. Very nice. His values have always been deeply rooted in his faith. Pro-life, pro-family, pro-freedom. 
through his work and his life, Sully has found that Democrat politicians have been lying to him and to voters over and over again, implementing radical policies that are out of touch with the values of everyday Illinoisans. He has only voted for Republicans for nearly a decade. As a PR person and as our PR superstar, tell us, how did one Noah Scheinbaum do? Man, that's was awful <laughs> oh man that was the it was like it's it's kind of like okay there's duck and dodge and then there's evasion uh and then so um and then there's distraction so it's a combination of all uh and change the subject so that was like so the issue is it's pretty obvious you're absolutely correct that young jesse sullivan voted for barack obama and like why should that this is my advice uh jesse sullivan campaign this is my advice so this is a problem only because maga is insane at this moment and uh (laughs) somehow or other it is a crime to admit that you voted for the man that over 50 percent of america voted for uh twice and that i don't know what was it in the 2004 senate race in illinois i do believe that Barack Obama, uh, he was running against Alan Keyes, over 60% of the voters voted for Barack Obama. So it is utterly insane to act as though there is something wrong, criminally wrong, with having voted for a man that over 60% of Illinois voters voted for. And it just goes to show you, Jesse Sullivan, that the people you're appealing to have lost their freaking minds. And you have to ask yourself, you have to look in the mirror every day, and you're a successful businessman, made a lot of money with California Connections. And many of the people you made money with, you know, as well as Dennis knows, were Democrats. And now you have to act as though you despise Democrats because you want to reassure the nuttiest nuts in the Republican Party who control the nominating process of the Republican Party that you're one of them. And so you got your spokesperson, Noah, doing backflips. I mean, it's one of the worst combinations of things. He's putting a whole bunch of things together, D, to make it seem like, like uh, he was innocent. He didn't care about politics. Why is that reassuring? Well, just to start with that one. You know, it's like saying, well, we're going to draft this football player, and we can tell you right now, he never cared about football. All those years he was growing up, he didn't pay any attention to football, but we're going to draft him. Why would that be reassuring? What does it say about Republican voters that you think the way to get Republican voters to vote for Jesse Sullivan is to tell them that Jesse Sullivan was a complete idiot back in the day about politics? How you have just insulted all of MAGA. So and then what? The whole the, the funniest thing is he hasn't voted. What was it with the exact line? Democrat for Obama or something in uh, over a decade. Yeah, he's only what? voted for Republicans for nearly a decade. A decade, nearly a decade. Yeah. OK, MAGA, let me help you out here. Some of you are not that good with math. And I understand because I'm not that good with math either. And I have dyslexia. Oh, my God. Doing a show from California, dealing with Chicago with dyslexia. Hello. Confusion. <laughs> but a decade is 10 years. So what he's saying is he hasn't voted uh, for a Democrat in uh, 
I don't less than 10 years ago. I'll throw a little more math at you there. Uh, Jesse Sullivan, 37 years old. So, I mean, hasn't been voting that long, really. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if Jesse looks at you could take a page from Rob Bogoyevich, uh, Noah and Jesse, Rob Bogoyevich, former governor of state of Illinois, the number one MAGA man in the state of Illinois. And I stand by this. If he were to run for the gubernatorial nomination, he would be victorious. MAGA loves Rod Bogoyevich. And Rob Bogoyevich, lifetime Democrat. And what he says is, the Democratic Party of today is not the one I supported yesterday. It has changed. I'm like, what has changed about it? It's absolutely the same, Rod. But that is a serviceable line to throw at MAGA. Yeah. By the way, Jesse Sullivan, Donnie Trump, who you worship, he voted for Democrats. Did you know that? So, I mean, it's okay. But see, this is the problem. When you're not true blue MAGA, you bend over a little too much to try to prove yourself to MAGA. And like you say things that even like a real MAGA person, like a real MAGA person, we like, well, I used to be for the Democrats. I voted for Obama. They use that as a sign that they're open-minded. And they go, well, the Democrats, they just have gone to places I can't support them anymore, even though they haven't gone anywhere. This is exactly where they were 10 years ago. You're the one who changed. And so that's how you do it. You don't go, I was a blithering idiot. I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't start paying attention to politics till like last year when I decided, hey, I know what I'll do. I'll run for governor of Illinois. I gave him a D. I'll give him a D because you know what, D? I just, I don't believe in flunking people. Oh, okay. okay. There's hope yet, Noah. There's hope yet, <laughs> Noah. All right, keep in mind, if you're listening to this program, Noah, this is uh, just... One of the leftiest, hippiest programs out there. And this guy gave you a D. You got hope still, Noah. Keep up the good work. Uh, I like this segment. Let's put a button on it here. Uh, in your best Simon Cowell impression, uh, give us a one-word review of Noah. God awful. <laughs> this week's PR Superstar. Wait, now I'll do it as if uh, Barack Obama was a judge. Uh... Pretty bad. <laughs> uh, pretty bad. All right. More Illinois gubernatorial candidate news. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. That's Illinois Republican gubernatorial candidate Darren Bailey. J.B. And this week, the downstate hog farmer selected his lieutenant gubernatorial hopeful. Darren Bailey has chosen conservative talk show host and Lyle native Stephanie Trussell. Ben, you talked a bit about this earlier in the week. Uh, who is Stephanie Trussell? Well, we uh, talked about this on Wednesday uh, with Monroe Anderson. Stephanie Trussell uh, is, I, don't, I say right wing, I don't know, conservative MAGA, uh, radio personality, a black woman. Uh, and as I've, Monroe and I have talked about many times, um, MAGA needs help uh, wooing uh, black voters. And so if you're a black person and you, are willing to sing the MAGA song, they will take care of you. Monroe, Monroe has talked about this many times. I've, I've suggested to Monroe, I'm a Monroe, just go MAGA. You will be huge. You'll be on Fox. Remember the guy like who stood behind Trump with a sign that said black voters for Trump or black voter, black man for Trump. That's what it said. So, uh, yeah, so Stephanie Trussell is a uh, really far-right conservative uh, Republican MAGA person. Actually, she started off 
uh, anti-Trump in 2016. Uh oh, problems with the base. MAGA's like, mm, wait, you weren't there in 2016, and now she's reassuring people. Oh no, yes, I said bad things about Donald Trump in 2016, but as soon as he got elected, I pledged allegiance to Trump, and I've been pledging allegiance ever since. So don't worry about me. <laughs> you know what's so funny, MAGA? You guys talk so much about liberty. It's a country of liberty. This is a country of First Amendment and free speech. And we should say what we want without fear of consequences. And yet anybody, anybody dares to say anything remotely critical about your beloved Donnie Trump. Down you come with condemnation. Man, you're canceling culture left and right. You're canceling Stephanie Trussell's culture. You're canceling Justice Sullivan's culture. They didn't toe the line and say what you you didn't, they didn't read from the script that you wrote. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you called it, D. You know, folks, you should hear uh, the, some of the post-show comments that Dennis makes. Very astute observer of politics. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm real out. astute. <laughs> I'm astute. I'm one astute man. Very astute observer. He said, oh, this is what uh, they did in Virginia. Republican gets a, a black woman to run uh, as a running mate. Oh, my God. There I go. There I was doing Obama. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Uh, okay. Tr- were we? Trussell. Trussell. Oh, Stephanie <laughs> Trussell. Yes. So Darren Bailey's like, well, this should sew up the black vote for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you pull. Sorry. Sorry. I hate to break it to you, DB. I don't think you got one more black vote. But really what it's all about. They want to send this message out. And the message is just because the platform of the Republican Party denies that racism exists in this country. And just because the platform of the Republican Party says that white people have been the true victims of everything that's gone bad uh, in uh, American history does not mean they're white supremacists or racist. And to prove that, they'll find some black person that agrees with them. So that's, that's their strategy, D. That's where they're going. Well, I actually have the quote right here from Darren Bailey. It says here, uh, quote, I want to do what that feller did in Virginia. So, I mean, boom. <laughs> DB. That, DB, you know what? I know you don't like our show very much, but you have to admit, we have been giving you coverage that you haven't got anybody anywhere in the state of Illinois. We've been giving you how many uh, years worth of coverage for Darren DB Bailey? <laughs> I heard he likes that uh, Pritzker part in the beginning where we give him a tough time. Then he's like, ah, the hell with this show. All right. So Trussell said that one of the main issues that she wants to focus on is making Illinois livable again. She also said that Darren Bailey is what Illinois truly needs. That is correct. Okay, Darren. What? <laughs> and finally, Illinois' richest man, Republican billionaire Ken Griffin, made an announcement this week. And if you're one of these four yahoos running in the Republican gubernatorial primary, well, you probably feel a little salty. Okay, listen up. Rich guy's talking. Forces aligned with billionaire Ken Griffin are pushing the Illinois Republican Party to back not any of the Republican candidates currently running, but his preferred slate of candidates for 2022. And sources are saying he has a gubernatorial candidate in mind, Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin. Although much of the discussion on a candidate to challenge the first-term Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker has centered on Irvin, the two-term mayor of Aurora said no final decision has been made. All right, listen up. Rich guy's talking, all right? Forces aligned with billionaire Ken Griffin are pushing the Illinois Republican Party to back not any of the Republican candidates currently actively running, but his preferred slate of candidates for 2022. And sources are saying he has a gubernatorial candidate 
in mind. It's the Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin in exchange for the Illinois GOP's first modern-day endorsement of a slate of statewide candidates, Griffin would help underwrite the state party financially while also pumping at least $150 million into the race for governor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I kind of feel sorry for the uh, four uh, Republican gubernatorial candidates. You have been out there for how many months now trying to out-maggie each other? And then Kenny G, who owns the Republican Party. See, so MAGA controls the Republican Party, but the Republican Party is financed by Kenny G. Uh, and Ken Griffin, of course, the wealthiest man in the state of Illinois, huge hedge fund operator. Uh, got homes everywhere. He's like a, he's like, no, Rauner's a baby Kenny G. You're like, you thought Rauner was rich? Kenny G's even richer. Uh, and he's got this huge penthouse in New York. You know, funny, MAGA's like, we hate the coasts. And then all the guys that like that run the fund the Republican Party, like live on the coasts. Very strange operation, the Republican Party. <laughs> I mean, goddamn. You know, so uh Ken Griffin's got this enormous penthouse in New York City. But somehow or other he's a man of the people. And Ken Griffin's basic issue, if you just Boil it all down is he hates paying taxes. That's it. Hates paying taxes. Uh, second to that, he hates employees having the right to negotiate with him as partners, equals. So he hates unions. Bruce Rauner shared that ideology with him. That's what drives them and motivates them. You listen to their, their rhetoric. That's what it comes down to. They hate unions and they hate paying taxes. If they're going to pay taxes, they want the tax dollars to go to things that make them even wealthier than they already are and make all their cronies and friends wealthier than they already are. And their general attitude is the wealthier they are, the better off they're doing, the better off everybody is doing. That's their attitude. And so they look at MAGA with its weird obsession about vaccines, their weird obsession about critical race theory, their weird compulsion to need to say that white people have been the victims of slavery, to take history and turn it upside down. They look at that with a mixture of disbelief and disdain. And they realize that to fire up the base, you got to say stupid stuff like that and believe stupid stuff like that. Well, say it. You don't have to believe it. But the real game is to avoid paying taxes and to undercut the unions. And if you looked at Bruce Rauner's record from 2014 to 2018, that's what it's all about. In fact, if you look at what Donnie Trump did as president, I think his only significant piece of legislation was to cut taxes on the wealthiest people in this country. That and stock the... So for MAGA, he gave them Supreme Court justice who will outlaw abortion. Here's your Republican Party. So Kenny Griffin has basically decided that the MAGA people running for governor right now can't get elected in the state of Illinois. And he wants to take the mayor of Aurora, allegedly, according to what the Tribune says, according to what Crane Chicago Business says. So they said it. I'm just saying. You know. Allegedly, he wants to take the mayor of Aurora, who used to be a Democrat, who's got Jesse Sullivan problems, even beyond Jesse Sullivan, D. Jesse Sullivan. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he's got Jesse Sullivan problems. Because this, this guy was taking a, I think he took a Democratic ballot as recently as 2014, putting himself a memory off the Chicago Tribune. That's some serious Jesse Sullivan problems. So I got to hear, if he does run, I got to hear this one. This will be a butte lady. I could do it right now. The Democratic Party that I, <laughs> God, I'm sounding like Obama. The Democratic Party that I supported in 2014 is not the Democratic Party we have today. Guys, just elect, just nominate Blago. He says it better than anyone else. It's all BS, by the way. You cannot think of one substantial way the Democratic Party is any different now than it was then. It's a bunch of centrists who are trying to convince lefties like me to stick around long enough so they collect a guy who will look out <laughs> for big pharma and Wall Street and keep Bernie at bay. Oh, just okay. It's nice to have him around, but just stay back, Bernie. What has changed about the Democratic Party? So anyway, yeah, that's kind of an insult. I think that's a bigger insult uh, to Darren Bailey uh, and Gary Rabine. Hello, Dennis. Hello. Rabine is his name, not Rabine. And uh, Paul, not Larry, Schempf. <laughs> you guys are never coming on our show. Oh, and Jesse, not Jesse Sullivan. I think it's a bigger insult to them than anything we've said on this show. And I tell you what, hey, Ken Griffin, please don't count Sullivan out yet, all right? Just wait until you go surfing with him in California, <laughs> all right? Then I, you may warm up to the guy. And there it was, your 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. The enemy is you. All right, Pritzker, knock it. All right, now let's talk about what went down in the city of Chicago. And hey, do you like gambling? Oh, everybody's doing it. And Ben, I was just saying the other day, I am ready for Chicago to have a big city gambling mecca. Those was the words that came out of my mouth. You strongly disagreed, and you can tell us why in a minute. But first, let's read the following from the Chicago Sun-Times and Mitchell Armentrout. Breathtaking skyline views, luxury suites, thousands of slot machines. I know you love it, Ben. And even... An Eiffel Tower. Oh, God, Chicago. An Eiffel Tower for Chicago. A full full house of casino developers put all on the table Thursday in the latest (laughs) round of Chicago's long game. A lot of gambling puns here. A long game to open a big city gambling mecca, making their pitches in the first round of public presentations to win Mayor Lori Lightfoot's backing to take on a project that's been sought for years. The day-long slate of five presentations at UIC's Doran Forum was replete with soaring promises of economic jobs, job creation, and jackpots for the city's future casino tax revenue coffers, which are earmarked for its depleted police and firefighter pension funds. Lightfoot tempered enthusiasm around the lofty claims. Lightfoot said, quote, They look beautiful, and they're saying a lot of things that really, I think, speak to our values. But as you all know, the devil's in the details. And my financial team is going to do a deep scrub to make sure that we understand, are these projects really viable? Mayor Jarofsky, what say you? Are these projects viable? The funniest part of that, there's many funny parts about that, but funny in a sad way. Uh, but the, is it, there are many parts that speaks to our values. 
What values? We're talking about gambling. We're talking about soaking saps of their hard-earned money, or maybe not even hard-earned, of their money. The whole system is set up to guarantee that you lose. That's how they make money. So because Kenny Griffin got the suckers of the state of Illinois, including a lot of pensioners who are dumb enough to believe that Phyllis had to vote against a fair tax, we're desperately dependent on whatever taxes we can get from selling reefer and gambling. Now, I love the fact that reefer is legal. I wish they were uh, more equitable in allowing black people licenses to sell it. Uh, This is still the state of Illinois. It takes a while. But the gambling thing is like, are you kidding me? Like, we're, do you know how destructive gambling is? I know, Ben, you sound like Carrie Nation. Oh, Ben, get off of it. This is just a reality. It's a sin. We needed money. It's all right. We got to go along with the, another syntax. But to act as though like there's something in our values yeah. about promoting gambling, there's nothing like, okay, you could say, well, I need to gamble to take the pressure of life. John Thompson been talking about John Thompson. He loved to go gamble, former coach of Georgetown. You know, I, if you put, I love to go to a racetrack. If you put like really tight limits on what, if you only go to the racetrack with the money you figure you can afford to lose and money to get you back home if you're taking the train and you don't use your credit card, it's fun. You go to a gambling casino and it's like, you keep start chasing that money you're losing, you're going to end up broke. So I don't know what values gambling promotes. It's just, we're too chicken to raise taxes on the wealthiest of the wealthy. And we have to figure out some way to pay off our obligations. In this case, our police and fire pensions. And so we're promoting gambling. And then to get you suckers in Chicago to fall for it. They do what they always do. And they do what they did with the Olympics. They do what they did when they sold the parking meters. They do what they did with Lincoln Yards. They like they put some like a nice picture out there and they quote some big dollar sign. And you guys are all like these dummies. Oh, I remember when they sold the parking meters. Mayor, they, they leaked to Sneed in the Sun-Times. People close to Mayor Daly say we can get a billion dollars for the parking meters. And like all the that's like the dummies in Chicago. Like, I can't imagine a billion dollars. Sounds like a great deal. Meanwhile, they were worth ten billion dollars. <laughs> so the, same thing with the Olympics. They have a picture of a stadium. Wow, there's going to be 50,000 people in the stadium to cheer on the Olympics. Of course, you won't be in the stadium because you won't be able to afford a ticket and nobody's going to give you the ticket because you're not clout, cloudy enough, but you'll feel good because like it'll be in Chicago and you'll look on the TV and you'll see the lake and you'll know all around the world people are seeing the lake. And then I'll forget the fact that we're soaking the hell out of you to build this thing. They feed any old BS to us, D. I know. Oh, Eiffel Tower. I saw that headline in the Sun Time. Like, oh, come on, bright one. Eiffel Tower. All these people in Chicago. Wow. It's just like Paris. Uh, yeah, it is kind of funny. Like well, when you look at it at the end of the day, like uh, it's like you, you make this money in the city and now the city with this casino thing. They're like, all right, now give us that money back. <laughs> yeah. And you are going to give it back. Okay. The whole system is set up. So you lose. There's nothing nice about a casino, right? And then when you've really lost enough, maybe they'll give you like a free drink. Here you go, pal. Have a drink. They give you a free drink. Oh, thank you. I'll drink my sorrows down. They used to give you like back in the day. This shows how old I am. Like a steak dinner would be like 99 cents. Whoa. Like, oh, I'm going to Vegas just for that steak dinner. Hell yeah. 
Yeah. Now they don't even do that. They just, oh. Our filet mignon will cost you $45. Dang, man. And the gambling. So I don't know, D. I, it's a sucker's game, man. And they are playing you, Chicago. And you are happy to be played. All right, let's close it out with one more story. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woe Man Spielman. The headline reads, from December 15th, City Council approves $2.9 million settlement for Ann Jeanette Young, victim of botched police raid. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has acknowledged that, quote, a lot of trust in me has been breached by her law department's efforts to conceal video of the botched February 2019 raid that forced Anjanette Young to stand naked and humiliated before a dozen male Chicago police officers. On Wednesday, the city council unanimously approved a $2.9 million settlement. That's nearly three times the amount Young and her attorneys rejected months ago. Before the final vote, Alderwoman Maria Haddon commended Young for her courage and for working so hard to reform a, rebro- uh, a broken process of executing search warrants. Haddon argued that the $2.9 million settlement would hold up our end in admitting we were wrong and that the city did something wrong as well. Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor of the 20th Ward agreed, telling her colleagues, quote, Miss Young wasn't the first, and I pray to God she's the last. Well, uh, I'm happy she got the money. I completely disagree uh, with Mark Flessner. He wrote an essay for the Tribune yesterday. Uh, he is the former corporation counsel who was uh, Lori Lightfoot threw under the bus. <laughs> Had to blame someone for this, so she blamed him. Uh, and now he's doubling down, going, "I could have if I stuck around, I could have gotten us out of this with like a fifty thousand dollars settlement or something like that." And, you know, the city of Chicago is just determined never to ever, ever learn anything from anything. So uh, this is a case. Uh, yeah, it was a botched raid. Uh, they had the wrong address, apparently. And um, so you, anybody, anyone with a grain of sense could have walked into that apartment and seen they had the wrong place. You just take a look at Anjanette Young and know she's not a drug dealer or whatever they were thought she was. Plus, she was naked. She just stepped out of the shower. Her home had been invaded. And it's just like, where's the common sense anywhere? So there was no common sense on the, on the ground floor. And uh, they say, and now the city's like, well, she was only naked for like, I don't know. They have some minute. They have a clock. Let's time it. How long was she naked? <laughs> they had her in handcuffs. Then when they her, finally put some clothes on. All right. Which is, I don't know how long into the, the raid. They took, they took the handcuffs off so she could put the clothes on, and then they put the handcuffs back on. Wait, guys, no common sense there. None whatsoever on the, on, the, on the ground floor. It's clear it was a mistake. But then, once beyond the ground floor, and this is why police are so cynical in Chicago, everybody's protecting everybody else. Mayor Lori Leifer pretended she didn't know anything about it. Flesner is doing what Flesner does, play hardball with people looking for settlements with the city, something he learned in corporate law. Something Mayor Lori Lightfoot learned in corporate law. And then when they see there's no way to get out of a very embarrassing political predicament, everybody flips. Suddenly they care very much about Anjanette Young. So she got her money, D. Uh, and I give her credit. She didn't back down. And, um, you know, and then Flesser's hilarious. He's going like, well, this is just Lori Lightfoot's way of <laughs> winning over like national civil rights groups 
man, what, what for the upcoming election? I don't even know what he's getting at. He's sending out some kind of horse, uh, dog whistle, excuse me, horse whistle. So that's my attitude, D. Of all the money the city of Chicago spends, they take my tax dollars and spend. This is not, I mean, God bless you, Anjanette Young. Tell you what, I would wish I heard Mark Flesner crying and whining about the $1.3 billion, with a B, that they gave Sterling Bay for Lincoln Yards. But I never heard any corporate lawyers talking about that D. But they're outraged that Engineer Young got 2.9, was it D? 2.9 million. Good chunk of that goes to a lawyer. Anyway. Get under that bus, Flessner. <laughs> yes, that's billion with a B. All right. Uh, actually, we do have uh, breaking news from this morning we need to talk about. Uh, the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Oh, it's a group project here. Tim Novak, Lauren Fitzpatrick, and Caroline Hurley. Uh, the headline reads, Cook County Assessor gave tax breaks to dead mobster for six years. Uh, it says here, for year after year, applications came in from a modest home in Bridgeview to the Cook County Assessor's Office seeking property tax breaks that are available to senior citizens on fixed incomes. And even after the listed homeowner, uh, Cook County Assessor Fritz Kagey and his predecessor, Joseph Berrios, kept granting those tax breaks in his name. Uh, it says here, for six years, someone kept filing out paperwork in the name of the dead man who'd been paroled to that address after serving time in prison on a conviction for threatening to kill a man who owed juice loans to Lombardi and other mobsters. Ben, have you read this article? Yeah, I saw the headline and briefly read the article. I think they're talking about Joey the Clown Lombardi, uh, who was a hitman, uh, notorious hitman in Chicago. Uh, and I think he died, I forget how many years ago, eight years ago. So I got, you know, listen, I encourage us sometimes to keep coming at him uh, and exposing just sort of the um, failings of our uh, property tax system. And there are many, many failings to it. But I, I don't know. I kind of thought that it was a little convincing uh, uh, what Kagi's spokesperson said in the story. At least he took spend his, said it used his name, uh, Scott Smith. I think it was Scott Smith said. Well, it's a huge system, a lot of houses, a lot of property. Uh, we can't keep track on everything. We thank you. I think they says he like thanked the bright one for coming up with it. But it is pretty embarrassing that you're giving a tax break to a lot a mobster. So I don't blame the Sun Times for running with the story. And by the way, that guy was a notorious mobster back in the day. And uh, one time, someone offered me uh, the opportunity to interview him. D. I'm not making this up. Really? Yes. Cool. Uh, I said, ah, I don't, oh, no, come I so. on. I don't think so. <laughs> That's okay. He was a scary fella. And uh, so, yeah, so they're going to clean it up. And uh, I, hey, by the way, we have a assessor's race coming right around the corner. Carrie Steele is running. We were uh, Fritz Kagey on. I got to reach out to Carrie Steele, bring her on the show, see, see what she, she has to say about all this stuff. So there you are, the week that was in Chicago and or Illinois. Remember you, can, right. remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. This weekend, a brand new lineup of Benny J bonus interviews. Ben, what do we have on tap? Well, I did a great interview, if I'm going to say so myself, with our dear friend Scotty Duff, the, the wild man, a comedian, a talk show host at WCPT, uh, Dennis's favorite uh, radio station in Chicago. Absolutely. And, uh, I miss uh, him. He said, I'm sure he said some nice things about me, right, during the interview? Uh, we th- oh, God, did we throw you under the bus? You're kidding. Uh, 
<laughs> Dennis is no longer the producer of the uh, bonus episodes that we do. DJ Nate does those. Uh, and so we just thought, oh, he's gone Hollywood on us. And so, yeah, we had a little fun. Uh, but uh, Scotty had some great things to say uh, about, excuse me, comedy. We did a deep dive. You know, he said he's been a stand-up comic uh, in Chicago for, I think, about 20 years. So we talked to, we talked Chappelle. We talked ageism in comedy. We talked about, like, the concept of woke. Uh, it, it, he went on some pretty good riffs, fascinating stuff, and then some Trump stuff. He talked about the detoxification he's been going under uh, it, it, regarding Donald Trump. So good stuff from Scott Duff, good friend of our show, and it's uh, t- we just haven't had him on enough. So I apologize to him for not getting him on sooner, but uh, we'll bring him back more regular. Uh, and I have two interviews I got to go do now. One, David Ferris. He's pumped up and ready to go talk politics, national politics. Uh, we're going to talk about the January 6th insurrection and the investigation. And then an old friend of mine, Michael Skeet Horton, a great basketball coach, legendary basketball coach uh, from the Cabrini Green area. Cabrini Green has been kind of a theme on the show this week. Uh, we'll be talking about his new sneaker deal he cut with Sketcher uh, and his ongoing efforts uh, to teach the finer points of basketball and man, do some Cabrini Green talk uh, as well. So Michael Skeet Horton, anybody who uh, is from the near north side uh, who grew up uh, in, around Cabrini Green, went to the new city Y, knows Michael Skeet Horton. All right, that's our show for today. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And it's Michael Ski Horton, Scotty Duff, and David Ferris will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for, yes, DeMarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.